You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with the Take On for the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back for part two with Jason Carter. There is so much more that we have to dive into. Hang tight. Next. I wanted to ask you, like, there's a lot of delicious stories in media right now and with celebrity news. And, you know, there was the whole, like, Twitter brigade that came and, you know, falsified sexual abuse against a bunch of, like, Riverdale cast members and Justin Bieber and Ansel Egocourt. There's so many other stories of, like, Vanessa Hudgens, you know, saying that COVID-19 isn't real. And there's so many, like, wonderful things the celebrities are doing that I really enjoy. Um, what's, like, a celebrity gossip or news that you've heard that you're like, oh, my God, this is so good. This is juicy. Hmm. Celebrity gossip and news that I've heard recently... It could be recently huh. or just like during the last couple of months or anything that you're like, oh my God, like I love this or. Oh, I'll tell you straight up that Leah Michelle's a bitch. I love <laughs> that story. Because... Tell me, tell me, tell me. I love this. Well, no, because like you had all, because, okay. So the reason why I was, the reason why I was, I was, I bring that up is because it, I started, it was late. When that story broke, it was like late at night. It, it probably happened had to be like around nine PM, where Samantha Ware mm-hmm. went on and and taught. When Leah had posted the George Floyd um, post, mm-hmm. Samantha Ware comes through and was like, "Skirt, no boo. You're not. You're not, you don't get to piggyback off of this. Here's the, here's the tea." Drops it. Then all of a sudden, another guy comes in and says, "No, you were you were such a bitch to me. Fuck you, Leah." And then like, and then all these people then sold from weeks after. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been talking about like Heather Morris has come out and talked about stuff and it's just like, and then, you know, Amber, Amber Riley, Riley. Reading, but she I had the her. I love yeah, her. Classy. Me too. Classy. And it was just, and I, and look, I don't like to see the downfall of someone, but just reading it on Twitter, it was just like <laughs> Rachel Berry. Everyone had been saying it for years, but no one knew, but you know, now you have well, people who, I know says too, like she is extremely difficult, like coming from Broadway and like getting into Hollywood, like getting glee. She thought she was untouchable and, the fact of the matter is, that is a huge aggressive move. I'm going to shit in your wig. I mean, that's like, that's like aggressive. And and even her apology, I don't know if you saw it a couple of days ago. She was like, you know, I'm sorry that they felt that way. Like, it's right. still not a real apology. It's still like putting the blame on other people. Like, I'm sorry they saw it that way. Right. Like, and it invalidates, it, inv- it invalidates what that person's saying. Because look, here's the thing. When you're wrongly accused of something, you're going to, you're going to, there's different there's varying there's varying levels of like how you respond to mm-hmm. something that you're wrongly accused of 
either if if it's coming from a space of like like let's say like Amir, like you're like Jason, like you, I felt you were kind of rude to me in the podcast. Here's why. I'll be like, okay, you know, I apologize. I'm sorry. Like I could see, I could, I could see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like when someone flat out says you threat, like you threaten to shit in my wig, and then other people come out, and then another person of color says, yeah, you you made me feel like I wasn't allowed, and you know, and then then and then a drag, very popular drag queen says yeah she made me feel like i was garbage there's some truth to what people are saying about you and then when your co-star the one of the one of the leads of the show also comes out and says something <laughs> that hints on something that corroborates what these other people are saying it's like okay i let me take accountability because obviously i missed the boat or i wasn't aware you know so there's just ways to do things and i, and I never liked her character anyways <laughs> Absolutely. And it was just an entitled character. And I'm like, you were basically playing yourself. So you're not really acting that well anyways. And I, for me, like even the whole Amber Riley, there was a really cringy video of them promoting, I think it was Glee and, you know, they're going back and forth. And then Leah Michelle's like, we're such good friends. And you can see Amber Riley's face is just so pure gold. She's just like, we are like, we're friends. Like, are we just saying this now? Like, what is well, I asked Amber. I asked Amber point blank. Period. Will there ever be a Glee, reun- Glee reunion? She said, "Never in life. That's a hard pass. Never going to happen." Wow! Wow! That's amazing. Well, it's because, and you know what they're going to do is they're just probably just going to replace people and do it again because they're so desperate for that success. And it's like it's a show with so much. I mean, you know, character like you know they passed away. There was the the child pornography case. There was all of the issues with all the, you know, come on, like, do we, Naya Rivera issues, like, bringing all that back is a lot. Like, it's not like they oh. got along, you know? Like, And also, it's of a time in television that we don't need to relive again. Glee was great. Glee happened. Glee is done. It's like, we're not going to reboot Nip Tuck, you know what I mean? Which is a great show. We're I not, love Nip re- That show made me yeah. great. <laughs> We're not going to review. We're not going to reboot. Like what other Ryan Murphy show? The new normal. We're not going to. You know. We're not going to reboot these shows that they lived in a space and time. And I think reboot season is over. That was a that was a thing that happened. And it's funny how some of these reboot reboots are now off the air again. Will and Grace, Fuller House, mm-hmm. um, Murphy Brown, The Connors is still on, but who lo- who knows how long? Right. I, you know, like it's like we don't want to live in that time where like and for a lot of people like people of color and immigrants watching those shows is just remembering how it was when those shows aired. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I was watching Will and Grace, I kept remembering how it was so hard for people, different types of gay people, not just like Jack or Will who's straight acting. And then you have the very flamboyant. I mean, for years, everyone, Oh, no offense, but you remind me of Jack. I was like Jack McFarlane. I would always finish that sentence for a lot of people. There was a lot of trauma in these shows and you keep bringing them back. And it's like, Who's right, because, you right. Know? trauma, trauma, trauma is a word that people need to really use more because that's exactly what it is. It's traumatizing because then you, because people understand when you're LGBTQ plus, especially males. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm there's struggle on for females for for our lesbian sisters and mm-hmm. our and our questioning sisters as well. But right. like they don't understand that you grew up with people calling you a faggot. They grew mm-hmm. up with people always questioning your masculinity. They grew up with people saying that you act like a girl. They grew up with people mm-hmm. saying all these things mm-hmm. that have permeated your soul and have, and have left indelible and have left an indelible track mm-hmm. in your mind that plays over and over again. That is, that is triggered every time something or something adjacent to anything of that, anything of those accusations is prevalent. 
So when like, so yeah, of course there are, there are more um, openly expressive gay men. There are more, there are more effeminate gay men. They're beautiful too. They matter too. They should be seen as well. But when people weaponize that against you, like it's wrong, it's it, that it, 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 it erodes so much of you because you're already trying to reconcile who you are because you've been told your whole life who you are is wrong. So adding these other daggers and bullets of hate and microaggressions at you, it sucks. So when someone comes up to you and says, oh my God, you remind me of Jack McFarlane, probably it's a cisgender white man Absolutely. that loves Will and Grace. And mm-hmm. it's just like, has never had, thinks all gay men are the same or doesn't have any gay friends and just so happens to be at the at Mickey's to watch Drag Race, drag race with his straight girlfriend, mm-hmm. Alyssa, who loves to go to the gay bar. You know, like... It's so true. I'm laughing because it's so true. I mean, now what J- Jack McFarlane is, is replaced by Jonathan Bennett. So everywhere I go, oh my God, I love you. You're JVN from Queer Eye. You've watched one queer show that's really very watered down, you know, for a palatable audience. And it's like, Again, I'm happy to be, I don't have any problems with JV and I think he's fabulous, but it's like, but if that's the only person you're knowing, it's like, what, like, that's very one dimensional and it's tough. It's right. Well, I say this to those people, like when I had a, um, at this outlet I worked at, there was this really cute little white girl and she was always saying the most off the wall, like just semi-racist shit. And so one time she said something stupid. I was like, you remind me of every basic white chick that walks into the gap. And she was like so offended. I was like, it's offensive, right? She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, when you talk about, when you call Vivica Fox Viva Shea because you don't know that it's Vivica Fox, what's your problem? You're a producer. But when also the way you talk about black people is like, we're all the same and we all, and we all like, you think we're all a Tiffany Haddish and it's not, that's not, that's not the move, boo. Like we're different. Right. And that's Tiffany Haddish being authentic to who she is. And that's, you know, Sean Hayes, acting a certain way according to the character. That's not who he is in life, you know? And it's like, and again, if, if that's who you are, like, great. Like, I'm all for it. Like, Leslie Morgan killing it on TikTok from Will & Grace because that's really who he is. He's a crazy, tiny, gay, Southern man. And it's like, great, you be that. But not everyone has to be those things. And it's it's those microaggressions. Like, I've worked on sets where, you know, I've said something and someone's like, oh, Amir is very aggressive. Oh, is it because I'm Middle Eastern? Or Amir is very difficult. Oh, because I'm gay. I just asked for what I needed done the way I needed done. But when my white host does it, it's like, wow, you know, Michael is so on it. He knows what's going on. He really knows what he wants. It's like, oh, okay. I see it for what it is, you know? Same, same. And that irritates Mm -hmm. me. But see, here's the thing. And it's beautiful. We don't have to stand for that anymore. I I, I wish a motherfucker would. (laughs) Tell me that I'm being difficult or I'm being a bitchy gay black guy or angry black guy because I'm asking for what I need. I wish they would tell me that because they because then I would be like, okay, thank you for opening this Pandora's box because you should have the wherewithal and know that you can't fucking say that anymore. Yeah. And you should, but the thing is that you shouldn't say it to begin with just and not be a shitty person. Right. However, since that's off the table let me educate you and give you and, and, and let me let me e-read you real quick. You can't say that shit. Mm-hmm. And if you are talent on a job, and talent does not have to be in front of the camera. As a publicist and, and PR, you are talent because you know what? A star has bought you for your skill set that you employ to help them do their mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So when you are talent, you you have every right to ask for what you need to do your job. Amen. And, 
And when someone doesn't give you that, then they are problematic and they are a problem. They should they need to, they need to be dealt with. Then they become they become insubordinate, if you will. So when a producer or whomever says that you're being bitchy, being the C word cunt, I hate to use that word, but I've, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been called that before as well. Yeah. Because you you're asking first, you ask nicely, you ask you know you ask respectfully, and you still don't get what you need. We have problems now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Point blank period. And whether or not you and, and if and if I'm threatening, if I'm threatening or making you feel uncomfortable, that's not about me. That's about how you that you that's something within yourself that you need to reconcile. Because especially if you're not being aggressive, but asking for what you need should never ever be punishable by someone hurling a racial microaggression or something that's derogatory at you just for you wanting to be the best at your job. Where with my as you said, Michael can ask Michael can be late. Mm-hmm. to set michael can hold up production michael could walk off set michael could have a breakdown michael can suck at his job yep that happens a lot too <laughs> yeah and still and, and be okay and, and and get a second option on his contract but, but yet the non-poc person have even a smidgen of a bad day oh I, they will hold that against you that'll be that that will always be the reason why you don't get to do something it's happened to me at an outlet i one bad interview well, it wasn't, it wasn't even bad. Oh, well, Jason, you know, he had that one interview a year ago mm-hmm. that, ne- that, that was not bad because I was not doing my job. It was bad. It was not good. It was bad because you, the question you wanted me to ask was inflammatory to the guest because you wanted a headline. I had to ask mm-hmm. that question. Mm-hmm. But then now you're putting the blame on me because I did my job. No, get that shit out of here. Of course they're going to do that. I've had friends who've covered stories and then it turned out the producer was like, oh, well, that made us look really bad and fired people. And they're always going to say, well, you were here with other infractions. And, you know, they know that, unfortunately, like before, people couldn't pursue it. But, you know, I think that networks and executives and producers hopefully are shaking in their boots. And with the BLM movement and, you know, traction in this country, people are going to be called down. And the fact of the matter is, you need us. Like, Mm -hmm. here for the cheap seats, people of color, Middle Eastern, Asian, Latinx, Black people, we need them as hosts. Like, they bring an amazing story. There is no way that Nightly Pop wouldn't, would it not be as good of a show without Nina Parker? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah they would just be one-dimensional like nothing against hunter and morgan i think they're fabulous like i know hunter they're great but i'm just saying without nina parker that show would not have that layer to it that it does right i mean look if they were to jettison any person of color from night nightly or daily pop which nbc Mm -hmm. universal kudos to them excuse me i just burped my bad um it's okay burping is scary Kudos to them for knowing what to do and doing it right. right. Because if they were to jettison any black talent, that they know that that would be that that wouldn't be the the move, the smart move. And also, patronizing as well. It's about investing in your talent. It's about investing in the people that you have brought on. You know, the, nothing nothing makes me so 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 upset, Amira, especially when it comes to this business. Then, like to you audition people, you search for people, you hire these people, then you get them there. And because you don't have your ducks in a row, you let talent go by the wayside. You let talent walk out the door. You let, you you know, like if I, I, I approach things from a producer standpoint and I worked in an outlet that, um, that had, that hired purposely different check box checked, essentially made sure they had a black, a blonde, uh, Asian and the all American uh, and a Becky. Mm-hmm. And 
And so, but then you get these people and these, you, you pay them these okay salaries, you get them behind, you get them behind the doors, you get them in the room and then you don't use them. And then, so then now it creates this whole environment of like not being seen, not being worthy, not utilizing your talent that you have here as a producer, your job is to make sure that you engage the talent you hire. You don't have to like them. You don't have to, I don't give a shit if you like me, but you know what you know what I have to offer. Let me offer that because I don't really like you. Like mm-hmm. whatever, like fine. Ego, ego and ego. Maybe I have an ego, you have an ego, that's cool. I see you, we see each other. Boom, perfect, mm-hmm. awesome. But at the end of the day, let me do my job. Give me the avenue and give me the space to do my job and deliver on why I'm here. And and so it's like you you have you come into these situations where okay, so they they hire they they're now more than ever. This business is hiring people that are fresh out of college that have no experience, none whatsoever. Um, they have their own unconscious biases about what they like to see, what what things should look like on TV. Two, they come from these podunk towns and have never been on a red carpet ever in their life. And three, they they have aspirations of being talent themselves. Mm-hmm. So you throw all that into a bowl, mix it up, and what do you have? Disaster. You have creative disaster. <laughs> That's what you have. And I've seen it. I've seen it, Amir. I have seen it like before my eyes. I had to, I had to for months be like, is this real life? Because this is a shit show. But yet people have flourished in that shit show that were not of color. People have flourished in that shit show because they of nepotism, favoritism, yep. because because of whatever, again, unconscious biases the powers that be had towards a lot of things. So NBC Universal is getting it right by allowing their by just by allowing, even with Morgan and Hunter and Aaron and Will and Courtney, even on the digital side, they just know what's up. They're they're listening, yeah. they're they're investing in their talent. I think when you invest in your talent, it yields the return on the return on said investment will yield dividends for years to come for years to come. No, it's true. It's trusting your talent, you know, like I work at networks that are like, Oh, we don't want to come off bitchy. We don't want to, I'm like, this is my personality. So you're either going to be able to harness it. And I mean, I've done like, you know, interviews with you. Like we did an interview together. I can be very emotional and very deep, but I also can be very quick and bitchy and to the point, but like you should be able to learn how to be able to harness that. Like, that's not my, I'm not going to pretend to be nice to celebrities if that's not how I'm feeling. Right. And and like, and that's, that's such a good point too, Amir, because Mm -hmm. celebrities, we let's, let's break down celebrity and Mm -hmm. what celebrity is. So let's say Beyonce. Okay. Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Beyonce by far is an incredible performer she's dynamic i mean beyonce is there's no doubt that beyonce is bad ass badass on stage vocally musically Mm -hmm. but what she does is a job that we that we give of our hard-earned money to make sure that we can consume this job she does Mm -hmm. so if you strip if you strip if you get down to the nitty-gritty and strip everything away beyonce just does i mean who's on what you're amazing you're a badass at what you do i'm a badass at what i do we just don't have a global stage right to be celebrated for what we do, but doesn't make us any less worthy because we have to, we have honed and harnessed our craft in the same vein that Beyonce has honed and harnessed hers. Her just, she just miraculously, and I say that miraculously because it is a miracle that people are pop stars is yeah. a pop star, you know? So 
It is. I mean, I like to, even when I record this in my bedroom, I pretend it's Madison Square Garden, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, in my bedroom here, I'm I'm freaking, I'm like, um, it's New Year's Eve, rocking New Year's Eve, and I'm just talking to you. But, um, (laughs) but, and so we put celebrities on this pedestal because they do a job. It's like, okay, Natalie Portman, like, great. You have an Oscar. Black Swan was not good. And you, I loved you better in Garden State and in the Star Wars movies. You know, but it's like, but that doesn't mean you, you're better than me. It just means that you you just been more, you've been able to be more successful. The path you took made you more successful, but you're not better than me as far as what you do because Absolutely. what you're contributing to the world isn't isn't changing anyone's life. You're not, you know, Steve Jobs was a billionaire and still died of cancer. Absolutely. You know? And the fact is, like, if you look at Natalie Portman, she also changed her name to to be assimilated. And, you know, she mm-hmm. cooks cauliflower at home now on her, on her Instagram. Like, it's like, at the end of the day, everyone is just, a human being, like even mm-hmm. if you look at, like I saw that. I don't know if you saw the viral video of Viola Davis talking recently. Yes, about, talk about yeah. like I'm not Black Meryl Streep. I am Viola Davis. Like I have everything she has, and I've been on calls. Um, I used to work for Michael B. Jordan, and we'd be on calls, and you would not believe some of these agents that were literally calling him the N word, asking for calling him Blackie. I've heard that before. And this is Michael B. Jordan who was in Creed. I'm not saying it's okay if he's not famous. I'm just saying like, this is a Michael B. Jordan that had a good amount of celebrity. So imagine what other Black actors are dealing with, with these agents, you know, being called Black Meryl Streep. Like that's super offensive to someone like Viola Davis, who has a very strong career. Like, right crazy yeah and yeah and but but see for viola davis i mean that clip is really old that service about her but it, it rings true today i mean had that had she said that yesterday it would still be just as impactful mm-hmm. in that she's right you know she's right like i bring i i have all the accolades but yet a julianne moore who to me isn't that isn't really super famous i mean julianne moore is famous but i don't i don't think of her and be like oh my god a-list no um you know, and even Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's a fantastic actress, but you know what? There are plenty of actors. It's because she's been in the game a long time. Right. Been in the game a long time. But there's like many actresses. Audra McDonald has a Tony. on. This is someone, I mean, like there's many actresses that are just as good as Meryl Streep. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, and so for like Jennifer Davis, Lawrence, like, someone way yeah. younger than Meryl Streep. That is, if not, I mean, definitely as Meryl Streep acting wise is there. And if not even better, like, so... I don't know. I don't think it has anything. She's not like, yeah. she doesn't have the end all be all on acting. And I think a lot of celebrity, it's because she's a white woman. <laughs> like or, you just, yeah. that's all it is. Is that. And, okay. they, and they came up in a time when no one, and they came up in a time when it was okay to, when privilege was, was not talked about. They came up in a time when privilege was like this, the, was, was this scent in the air that people were just breathing in and accepting it as it was. And it was not mm-hmm. questionable. There's, you didn't think a, a thing about it. No one talked about white privilege. I mean, there's books about white privilege that have come down that, have been handed down through years but right. the conversation about privilege um is now, now more than ever it's in the zeitgeist of course now but like back then white privilege was just like it was it was this unspoken accordance that yeah i'm white i deserve i'm gonna get and that, you know, <laughs> i've actually heard that believe it or not jason like i went to usc for undergrad and i had one of my um like classmates literally that came out of his mouth i was like wait how mm-hmm. do you know you're gonna get the job he's like i'm white i'm a man i'm straight i'm gonna get the job at deloitte like that's it's it's in my family like legacy I deserve and I will get it and he did and again that's the kind of energy I never want to be like entitled like that but every day and every meeting and every pitch I had a pitch today when I start getting insecure I'm like you know what I'm gonna channel that het white privilege like you should channel that because they don't question it like do you think white straight men get up and go 
do you think I can do it? They just do it. Right. right. And, so, and, and, you know, that's a great point. My agent, I was talking to my agent yesterday mm-hmm. and um, he had said, he, he had said about, I had said about seat at the table and he's like, well, here's the thing. The reason why you feel like you have to be thankful for finally having a seat at the table is because white people have always had a seat. So mm-hmm. that's been their normal. So you have to shift and re and reframe your thought process to my, my seat at the table is right here mm-hmm. cushioned, with every set, with all the cutlery and the expensive wine, ready for me to get my grub on because I deserve to be here. And so I'm glad you brought that up because at the table, do you know what I mean? Like it's this weird energy with people of color and even you know queer people. It's that we're like almost built our own table right next to that table. Like I don't know if you even have a seat. Like I'm not trying to take away from what you said, but I'm just saying in my head that's how I visualize it. It's like even when I've been in the room with these very successful producers, I'm like. Yes, I'm at the table, but I also created this table, really small table next to it that I'm still at because it's like this idea that they create the spaces, right? And then we are trying to kind of inhabit, but like people like us, like me and you and Issa Rae and Rami and people that are really creating their own tables. And then those white producers are now pulling up a seat. Like I've had people DM me and go, you know, when did you do this show? I'm like, I didn't ask for your permission. I just did it. Like people that had said no to me before, you know? And so... Again, I'm not trying to take away from your the way you see it, but I just feel like it, in my head, it's almost like we're building this small table next to that big table. Well, yeah, and or or not even next to the big table. We're do, we're in a completely different room. Mm-hmm. We're we're like you know Amber Riley had said that she she's not going to assimilate. She's an she's an um an abolitioner, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm I'm dismantling the the norm and i think mm-hmm. that's where i mean we're done it, it goes back to needing approval asking for permission and seeking approval like we're done with that we're done with like waiting with waiting asking kindly mm-hmm. you know the, all the this george floyd ahmaud arbery brianna taylor um every, every, trayvon martin all these things that have happened have we have been peacefully trying to have justice right so let's transfer that into entertainment we're done asking for permission mm-hmm. to can we produce this work can we have this show can i be talent on this no it's like no 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 fine you don't want to give it to me great i'm gonna do it myself and i'm also going to blast to the world every no every unreturned email every mm-hmm. shitty experience i had working mm-hmm. with this group because they need mm-hmm. to know i'm no longer i'm no longer going to be in fear and you know they people talk about nda ndas and like oh my gosh setting your life over there's been people who have been breaking their ndas willfully and gladly <laughs> and could care less about the the financial repercussions because some of these companies are not going to come for these people especially in this time they're not going to sue you for talking they it would make them look bad and i'm not saying all companies because that's not true but there's people who like I talked about certain things at an outlet or certain things at a, at a job and mm-hmm. I could have cared less about them suing me and they didn't come for me because they, it would have looked bad for them to sue me in this heightened time. Yeah, it's going to make it's going to look really bad. I mean, I've signed an NDA with the whole Michael B. Jordan thing, but I don't really care. I've said it in multiple interviews because I think it's important that people under because there's this idea that like when black entertainers become famous, that they're untouchable. And I want to make it very clear. I worked with Donald Glover as well. There was a lot of racist microaggressions that were thrown around by record executives and, you know, venue, like people that own venues. Like it, it's not like you become Beyonce and you no longer deal with racism. Like I want to make that very clear. Or, you know, even the Obamas, like Michelle Obama talked about getting, you know, caricatures of the, of the you know, Obama family looking like chimpanzees done by racist people. I mean, this is not like... It, it, this continues whether or not you're famous or even the president of the United States. 
Um, I think that's really important. And I really loved like the way that you presented that and the the way that you're now people are being called out and breaking these NDAs. And I think that it's important that people speak up so they don't get silenced. You know, there was a lot of, I had a lot of white counterparts tell me, no, no, the imposter syndrome's in your head. I, I literally, I was pitching a project with someone and they literally told me that. And I was so shocked and he really believed it. He was like, the imposter syndrome's just in your head. It's not real. And the racist undertones you're feeling from that producer, it's in your head, it's not real. And to be gaslit like that is Mm -hmm. quite hard Mm -hmm. to rise above. You know, we've all been there. I would rather, see, look, gaslit, I would would respect someone exponentially Mm -hmm. so much more Mm -hmm. if they had the audacity and the balls to be like, you know what, I just don't like you. Mm -hmm. I just don't like you. I'd be like, okay, you know what, I can fuck with that. Fine, because bitch, I don't like you either. <laughs> but it's, the gaslighting is what drives me insane because that's that is them intentionally being covert in a way to try to stymie you and try and try to mitigate and minimize what you feel because they feel they feel that how you feel is not valid. They feel that your existence is not valid, and they feel that that you do not deserve to have a concern because your worth is worth less. Absolutely. So, and you feel crazy. And that's the thing with gaslighting that a lot of people don't understand is that you feel crazy. I had many, you know, white co-hosts in the past who gaslit me and then we're now reposting my podcast and being like so proud of his success. And I've always been his cheerleader. And I'm like, we're living two different realities. Like I felt gaslit yeah. by you. I felt, you know, so mistreated by you. And then now you're reposting and celebrating me. It's so confusing. No, it's not confusing. It's bullshit. That's what it is. And I would call it out because I those are the same people that I don't tolerate. That I that I do not tolerate. Mm-hmm. I don't do not do not try to do not try to cheer me on when you're trying to tear me down. Right. Sorry. No, you're not going to do that. You don't get greater later. And it's not and it's not a sense it's not an issue of you being bitter, angry, you can't forgive, you can't move on, all that shit that people like to throw at you, all that super soul Sunday bullshit that they're like forgive, let go. You do all that. You heal, you let go. What people don't realize what what that does to you as a person when you don't have support when you when people are not for you when you're trying to get make something happen and and people are are, are really shitty mm-hmm. yet when you finally arrive then they're like oh we always knew you could no you didn't no you didn't you don't get you don't get to you don't get to kick you with me and celebrate with me mm-hmm. at my best when I had the world to offer at my words, and you couldn't return an email, you couldn't return a text, you or a myriad of different things, bad behaviors. You don't get to do that. I will call it out because it's not fair. It's not fair. You endured, you suffered, you had to pick yourself up from your bootstraps and carry on and get it done, and you did because you know what? People of color are fucking resilient. Mm-hmm. Fucking resilient. You better but say now, it. You better say but it. Now, but now you want to come back. It's like um, the, good, the good fight. There's a scene with Christine Baranski and Love this her. lady. Love the show. And Christine Bransky had left her old firm and she was a part of a Ponzi scheme, lost everything, tried to go back to her new firm. They didn't let her back. She had recommended people from other firms to invest with this guy who was in the Ponzi scheme. They held that against her. So when she had nothing, she had nothing. So she ended up working at the, the most powerful black firm in Chicago. A year or two later, she sees the same woman who told her no. And the woman apologizes to Christine and she's like, you know what? We're good. After Christine had already moved on, had found meaningful work, or her her character Diane right. moved on, found meaningful work, this woman's like, "I just want to apologize. I'm sorry." It's like, "Okay, great. You want to apologize now?" And they say you have to accept 100 percent of the apologies you never hear. But also, <laughs> when someone is openly saying, openly saying and celebrating you when previously they weren't that person, no, 
that that's 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 just as bad as gaslighting you right hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right? It's, well, it's also very confusing. Like like you said, I love someone that's outright. Like, I worked with a co-host that was like, I just don't like you because I had a bad experience with, like, a gay roommate, and I just feel like you trigger me in that way. I was like, all right, like, I know this person has, like, weird homophobia moments, like, from some other experience. I'm just going to stay out of her way. We worked well together. We were never friends. And, you know, the one time we had an issue was when she said to me about, we need a fag hag on the show. And I was like, we don't use that verbiage. And then it was, that was it. Like, it, and I prefer that to someone who's going to continuously microaggress me through me trying to do my job. Like, right. Not interested. But also it's not your job to make that, that person feel comfortable. And that's the problem also that I think that the shift is that we're not, we're no longer minimizing and and making ourselves smaller and disappearing for the comfort of people who are not of our experience. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do that, you know. And and it's and and people, I love when they like want to throw out the whole HR. We're go. I'm gonna go to go to HR. Go ahead. But the thing the thing is is that if you're you by you being your authentic self, and you're doing it in a way that's not that you're not you're not, you're not attacking someone physically. You're not you're not assaulting anyone. You're not verbally attacking anyone. Why, like, so why is my existence so threatening to you? That's not about me. That's about you. And I would, I feel threatened now that you feel threatened by my existence because I don't know what you're going to do because obviously you're not in the right state of mind. If, Absolutely. if me sitting next to you makes you feel triggered because you had a bad experience with a roommate, well, honey, you're an adult. You can also decipher between who's, who's who and, and that two different people are two different people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, you're right. And I think, and even there is a lot of privilege, you know, she was a white woman. There's a lot of privilege in even saying that, like you, your existence makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not going to engage with you. That's a lot of privilege. Like a lot of people don't have that benefit, especially people of color in this country and immigrants as well. My parents, like when they came to this country from Iran, they had to work. Like they didn't have the privilege to be like, you remind me of an aggressor. Like I'm not going to be around you. Like they had to yeah. pay their bills. So it, there's a lot of privilege even in that statement, um, mm-hmm. which I'm realizing. Yep. Truly, but, truly yep, is. That, it's crazy, yo. This business is crazy. And look, I didn't mean to call Leah Michelle a bitch. I'm just saying that was the headline that people were tweeting that Leah Michelle was a bitch. Listen, um, her apology response, I, apologies say everything to me. And I, being a publicist for 10 years, I've written people apologies. And I've, you know, we finessed it. And I've written press releases. And I know exactly how to apologize for it to seem very genuine. These people are putting out these statements because of social media. I also worked in PR kind of before social media. So they couldn't put out a press release, but these celebrities are putting out these press releases without PR. Like no one read it. So I can tell nobody read her statement. She just put it out there. Cause it's like her Instagram, her Twitter. And I know that like, 
you can just tell when someone's not being genuine. <laughs> like it's right. obvious, you know, like, so I just think it's, it's tough because people expect celebrities to be these woke people. But I always say celebrities are like our parents. At one point you have to realize they are also broken people. Like yeah. you have to let it go. You, you, you have to realize your parents did their best. Celebrities are doing their best. They have their own mental health struggle. And remember all of the trolling that y'all maybe deal with times that by hundred thousand and they get fan mail and they, you could be walking down the street and someone says, I hated you in that movie. Like I've been at dinner with someone who's very talented, like Michael B. Jordan. And people said like, your movie sucked across the restaurant. Like, so you're dealing with that and you already are insecure. And a lot of times you don't become an actor or a celebrity because you're the most secure person in the room. It's just, you're talented, you know? So right. I think it's just taking a moment and taking a beat when you feel the need to kind of like attack a celebrity because you just feel like you should, I, I would just like take a moment because they are yeah, true. kind of doing their best. Um, on that note, I, I could talk to you forever, but I wanted to wrap up with this. I was wondering, okay, if you're going to go on a deserted island, who would you take from Drag Race? Which drag queen? And then which Kardashian would you take? Because I know we're Kardashian fans. Which drag queen would I take from Drag Race? I would mm-hmm. take... Who do I love? The, who's fucking awesome? Who do I dig? Who makes me really happy? I would take Jujube. Okay. Oh, that's I, good. Yeah. yeah. Juju's dope. I would take the older queens because they, because they, they came at a time when drag... They, it's like... Um, they came at a time when drag wasn't as as quote and quote unquote mainstream, but mm-hmm. at a time when it was still this art form that was in the clubs and like it required just just so right. much, so much like just mm-hmm. being dope. You know what I mean? Absolutely, being it's a great dope. Um, <laughs> you know, and just being like good performers, and they and they really paid homage to the people who came before them and what drag culture is. And I feel like Juju B, Raven, all that whole that whole class really gets it. Um, honorable mention, I would take Shangela. Oh, that's a good one. I love Shangela. I met her. Great. And then what Kardashian, I would absolutely take, you know what Kardashian I would take? I would take Kendall Jenner. I know she's Kardashian adjacent, but I think Kendall, there's something about Kendall Jenner that is like waiting to just burst out. I think Kendall is stunning. I think she is, I think she is pretty funny when, when she has interviews. I think there's something about her that we're not seeing because she's just private. You know, she's a Scorpio. Um, she's probably just like, you know, I don't know. You guys don't even know my, my, my business. If I couldn't take a Kardashian adjacent, I would definitely take Kim Uh one because she's a Libra. I'm a Libra. And I think Kim, Kim Kardashian, she, she having probably having a conversation with her. If you, you know, you watch, you watch keeping up. And when she gives you that stare, she goes in like when you case in point, the Met Gala, Kanye not liking her dress, her Mugler, right? Kanye was like, no, I don't. And she's like, listen, don't come for me about your journey because you're on this journey. I'm not there with you, bro. Like, leave me alone. I'm wearing this dress. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then that had, very strong. Like, and I think a lot of yeah. wives relate to that when it comes to their husbands being like, don't wear that. And she was just like, you're not going to tell me what to do. You're not my father. It was great. I love that. Yeah. So, and she, and she's, and she's smart and she's, and she loves her children. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about Kim to me that's like interesting. I could care less about the alleged work she's done. I could care less about all of that. Much like Mariah Carey, people always want to hang their hat on. She's such a diva. No boo. Mariah Carey's a fucking musical genius. 
That's what she is. She's a lyrical freak of nature. She has gift. She has. She has like these people are mutants. They have powers, but yet we fail to see these powers because we're basic humans and we get caught up in all the bullshit. No, strip away all the bullshit yeah. and just give me the essence of who Why that person is. Why are the men called divas? Like, I'm sure Prince was extra. Why wasn't he a diva? Why wasn't like? Why are the men not divas? Why are only oh JLo so difficult? Mariah is so crazy. It's like Madonna's unhinged. Like. Why are the male counterparts like you don't think like, come on, Elton John is not a diva like, but he doesn't get labeled with that, you know? Well, I think diva, but it's also the the etymology of diva, right? It's also mm-hmm. the like where that word comes from. So I think it, 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 inherently it's it's a it's 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 there's a gender specificity to the word, right? Mm-hmm. We've tried to we've tried to. Um, we tried to engage and put on a masculine outfit for that word, but because historically it's been founded in females, it's been mm-hmm. founded in girl groups, it's been founded in black culture with women. Diva, diva. There needs to be a, rec- a reclamation of the word diva, much like there was a reclamation of the word bitch. There mm-hmm. needs to be a reclamation of the word diva because I've never seen diva as to be a derogatory. I've also, as a matter of fact, I would be pissed. If I interviewed someone mm-hmm. who was known to be a diva and I didn't get to see the fireworks, I'd be like, "What the wait, what the fuck?" I came here <laughs> for a show, okay? I came here. Look, let me be the let me be the subject of your diva behaviors. I just want a show. Throw a blackberry at my ass, okay? You know what I mean? But 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 so I I don't I think it's all back. It goes back to the connotation of how we interpret it. Like if I say someone's like. I have friends. I'm like, you're a bad bitch. She's like, I am a bad bitch, and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, I'm the baddest of the bitches. Whereas some women don't want to be called bitch, and I completely respect that. Right. Everyone, every, you show people how you want to be treated. But diva, men, look, men, male rock stars are called assholes. They're called pigs. They're called pieces of shit. They're called um, jerks. They're called a myriad of different things that aren't as glittery and wonderful as diva. <laughs> true. That is true. That is very true. And I, I think it's, it's absolutely right. The way that you want to be treated you tell people that and i and i always tell people it's a delivery because one of my friends like i before i met you i hated being called a bitch but when you say it i love it and i'm like it's because i say bitch like bad bitch like it's all about intention and i always say like a lot of you know straight people have been asking me like oh can i say this or can i call you girl or and i'm like it's just the way you say it If, if you're coming from a homophobic place i'll feel it so if i can tell that you're not doing that like i am really good with being called pretty much anything as long as it's coming from a good place so, right, intention, absolutely. Intention, dude, see, and that that's the thing, and like to each their own. Mm-hmm. But intention is at the core of all of it. Like mm-hmm. I had my friends were like, girl, and, I, and it's like, and it's like I get it. Like it's just it's colloquially mm-hmm. in the space we're in, mm-hmm. that's the verbiage, right? Like, girl, like get into him, like girl. Right. And I'm like, I'm not a girl, but also I know my masculinity. Like, I'm not gonna be it's when it's when it's when people call you, it's when they it's when they weaponize that, like, hey girl. Or the, one of the things I hate right now is sir, sir. Yeah, like, shut up. I don't like that. It's like, when, like, like because it's basically like saying no homo. Like, sorry, sir. Like, or, or like you're. So what you're doing is you're you're saying that my masculinity is void, but that you want to make sure that I know I'm a man. So you not you being you being a female saying sir in the way you're saying that is kind of, it's kind of like you're 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 cutting off my 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 cock and balls you know what i mean absolutely and i remember i was wearing a wig and a dress and full face of makeup looking gorgeous and someone called me a sir and i was like where do you see the sir i'd like to know and i and like and it was just like th- there's no reason cuz it's it's an invalidation and it like and again i am not someone who's trans or non-binary or i am very comfortable being 
male he him but when i want to present in a certain way i don't really need someone i don't like sir and i think it's important especially now with all of the movements to speak up when things make you uncomfortable and you know the days of like saying don't be a people pleaser like if someone mispronounces your name if people can learn shaquille o'neal and kareem abdul jabbar they can learn amir hassan yasai so you better if you say it wrong i'm going to correct you and i remember i was on set and i was like you know it was like one of those gig work i was just there to host something and leave and they were like well, you're not in it a lot. I was like, well, you still need to say my name correctly. And, uh, yeah. You know, that, and that's that was, important because you, you can learn any name. You just are choosing not to say my name correctly. So I would have flipped the table. <laughs> well, you know what? I did. Thank you, Teresa Judice. Flip a nice little table. Have a little moment. Like, what's wrong with that? Um, right. But to wrap up, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, like, I know, obviously, like, we've talked about entertainment and all of the bullshit that you have to deal with. But, you know, in some ways, we've kind of made our own platforms. What's your advice to people who are starting out um, and kind of want to jump in? But, you know, the doors are not opening, you know, for them. Just keep showing up, you know, like just keep showing up and just keep just keep putting stuff out there. And just, you know, you'll find your tribe, you'll find your audience, you'll find people who support you. You know, I didn't have I until I started doing Jason Unleashed, I wasn't really I mean, I would post I mean, I was active on social media, of course, but like I really haven't had the engagement I've had until now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see what how it's completely changed how people are now viewing me in a different light and that's because i just kept showing up i just kept putting content out Mm -hmm. and just kept and i kept doing it for i I knew my why know your why Mm -hmm. know why you want to do something because that makes it that much easier to do it if you want to get in shape and you you, then you go work out because you want to have a hot body you want to feel good about yourself you want to be healthy you know your why and this business it works like no other. So you have to know why you want to do that. Where does the passion lie in what you do? And then be okay with knowing it's not going to be an easy road. And even if it is easy, a lot of people who get opportunities quickly don't last longer, don't last long at all and have to really have a comeback once they lose that opportunity. People who grind and hustle and create and want and manifest and cultivate longevity in the things they do by doing great work, being, being a good person, making great relationships, fostering and taking care and nurturing those relationships, those people go a hell of a lot further than than the flashes in the pan. I have people who hire me on jobs that I haven't talked to in 10 years, but have sought me out and be like, I remember you from this. I've been following you here. We would love to have you do this because I remember how kind you were on set or, or the conversation we had. So you never know who you're going to be in a room with. You never know. So always just be aware. Don't be a shitty person. Keep doing the work. Do great work. And it's going to happen for you. And it's going to happen what's supposed to happen. There's no exact time frame of when someone pops. And overnight success is 10 years plus in the making. Mm-hmm. And even then, there's no guarantee that your success is going to be that of the greats or, or have a career of some of the people who've been around for the longest in their genre. So just keep showing up, do great work, and have other interests besides this business. Because this business isn't the end-all, be-all. There is so much more to life than an agent, a manager, booking a job, getting a gig, being seen, and, and working at an outlet. Life is not that. Life is being happy and content. Life is knowing that you're doing great work and you feel good about the work you do. And life is about sharing that with people who care about you. And just life is about living. Live your fucking life and everything else will fall into place. And at 40 years old, I'm learning that now, day after day after day. And I'm so thankful that I have the wherewithal and I have the, I'm present in what I want now after many years of not knowing what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And being led down paths I shouldn't have gone down because I didn't know what I needed for myself. I didn't know what was best for myself. And I listened to people who did not have my best interests at heart. So 
Amen. With all that said, with all that said, do you do you unapologetically and the right team, the right tribe, the right audience, and the right opportunities will manifest and materialize. Ain't that the truth? And you know, as our the poet of our generation said, Bernie Spears, if you want a Maserati, work, bitch. If you want a hot body, work, bitch. Like you really yeah. gotta put in the work. And the fact is, a lot of people will look at me and they're like, oh my God, how did you get this celebrity? How did you get this real housewife? And I'm like, if you look at my early videos, I was just interviewing like people I knew and it was like five or 10 views. So like, I didn't stop. I didn't go, oh, I'm only getting 15 people watching this. I made sure I gave those 15 people a motherfucking show. Mm-hmm. And they came back, mm-hmm. you know, because a yeah. lot of people want the Cardi B, but they don't want to do the Cardi B that had to go to the radio station and beg people to play her music. So right. they don't want right. to be that Cardi B. They want to be the Cardi B that gets to go to the Met Gala and buys expensive things. But, you know, you got to do all of it to get there. So, yep. Agreed. 100%. Thank you so much for being with us. We had such a good time. It's always so fun to have a fellow friend in this really wackadoo business. Um, I really appreciate having you in my corner. Um, but tell us where people can follow you so they can see, you know, your show, Jason, Un- Jason Unleashed, and really kind of follow along with your journey. Yeah, well, it's been great. Thank you for having me. And yes, you are you are invaluable. You are seen. You are worthy. You are wanted. And you're so talented. And you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram at Jason Carter Official. You can also hit me up on Twitter on the twits, um, the twits um, at JJC Forever. The word forever, not forever. That's forever. And um, Facebook. And Facebook. I don't fuck with Facebook. So. <laughs> no. What's that girl? What's Facebook? Um, MySpace, Facebook. Aren't, wait, aren't they kicking it together now? Just kidding. No. I, yeah, Facebook's just too much, man. I can't. I can't. Instagram, Twitter is where I'm at. It's too many races, uncles, and aunts. I can't keep up. Um, the Karens are abound on, yeah. on on Facebook. Too much. It's way too much. But um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. And I, um, if you guys want to follow me, Amir Yas Official on Instagram and TikTok. I'm always running around making fun of them. Celebrities, honey. And thank you for being here with the take on for the Broadway Podcast Network. Love you all. Come on. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas Official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.